0: Hello and welcome to the fifth season of Tales from the CSAP Floor. My name is Laura and I'll be one of your hosts for this season's podcast. I'm originally from Barcelona, Spain, and I'm currently living in Amsterdam as an associate sales representative in the CSAP program. It is an honor to be your host for this season. We will have several conversations about epic wins and failures with very interesting guests. So make sure you tune in to listen to this season's Tales from the CSAP Floor. In today's episode, we have Yvette Filippo joining us here in the Amsterdam office. Yvette is an ex supper from FY17. With her, we will discuss some epic wins and fails she has experienced individually in her job, collectively in her team, and more broadly, within some extracurricular activities she is part of. Join us to see how Yvette has learned that getting a better grip on her tasks and projects is a key to her success. Hello Yvette, thank you for coming. How are you doing today? Hey, hello Laura, thank you for having me. I'm good, how are you? I'm also very good, thanks. Before we get started, could you give us a quick introduction about who you are and what your role at Cisco is? Yes, of course. So my name is
1: Yvette Filippo Uh, my role at Cisco is an account manager responsible for the education market,
0: and I'm working for Cisco now since five years. I want to ask kind of an open question that tackles the main theme for this episode and this season. What does being successful mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, what
1: I think about being successful, for me, it's very important to add value. Not only for myself, but also for other people that I'm working with. So, for example, my colleagues, um, my manager, um, the company itself, mm-hmm. and also a broader perspective. So my boyfriend, my family, for the whole perspective uh,
0: of people that are involved. So that would be, yeah, my answer. I like the holistic point of view that you put there. If we go back to the beginning of your journey at Cisco, you started in CSAP, right? And now you mentioned yeah. that you transitioned to an account manager role in the field. So... Looking back at that time, I know I'm making you look back for some time, for five years now, but how did you handle this transition from CSAP to the real job? So I started as an
1: ESR within the CSAP program. And then after half a year, I joined the commercial team, what I did for one month. And then I started as a virtual sales account manager. I did it for two years in the healthcare team. And now I'm in the education team. I think when I start talking about adding value for myself, for me, it's very important to also have personal development, right? So I really started to read a lot of books when I started working for Cisco. And I was also looking into, you know, what else can Cisco offer to work on personal development and also adding value to me, but also to the team and to the organization. And I think that's really cool within Cisco, you can do so many things that can really help you to add value that, yeah, there are endless points of opportunities
0: that you can take. And what skills do you think CSAP allowed you to acquire to help you with your job right now?
1: Yeah, so for me, the reason why I chose for Cisco was because of the whole CSAP program, especially the first six months are full of training. Mm -hmm. So they're full of trainings about sales, but also about the technology itself. And that for me was really important. I really saw it as a second master and opportunity to meet so many people also outside of the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Really a unique opportunity. So that's where I really learned a lot. I think what I got from the trainings as a really an important point is to really listen to customers, to people from your team. And it was actually funny because when you think about sales, people always tend to think, you know, people speak a lot. They're really like extrovert. And I also think I'm extrovert. But when I saw the imper- importance of really listening to people, I also understand that, you know, before you can start adding value to people and other stakeholders, you really need to learn how to build trust. And to build trust, you really need to start listening. So that's really important.
0: I fully agree. And I'm starting to notice it myself as well. Listening and the skill of active listening is... Exactly. Really a skill. It's really... <laughs> equally or more important than 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 talking and being able to do the selling part right because you really get to the root reason or the root problem or the root solution that you need to address yeah yeah so it's really s-
1: about listening and also asking questions yeah open questions oh. follow-up questions Definitely. very important
0: that's something we we learned a lot in in csap exactly and since that maybe through all these skills that you've gained. You've experienced a few successes within Cisco, a few epic wins, if you want to call them that. And to name a few, you've been sales champion. Yes. Sales (laughs) champion is the top 10% of sales worldwide. So congratulations for that. Thank you. And also a sales achiever in a couple occasions. So could you tell us a bit more about how you achieved those successes?
1: Yeah, of course. So for me, when I first heard about these recognitions, I was still on CSEP. And we had a girl presenting about her sales championship and also what she won about it, how she did it. And I was very impressed. I was like, whoa, if these are the opportunities that Cisco can offer, that's really something I want to achieve as well. So it was always on my bucket list to achieve something like that. And I also realized that besides doing all the things that you can do within your sets that you can control, it's also a bit of luck, right? All the circumstances need to be good to actually sort of win this sales championship. I think for me, I was really focused on creating a strategic plan on how to reach my goal and my targets. It's really up to the account manager and the team to make a plan on how to achieve that number. And I felt like in that year when I won the sales championship, we really had a good strategic account plan on um, where to focus on, where to start with conversation, how to prioritize. Yeah, from that year, it continues to be very good, so that's yeah, really, really um, nice. Yeah. I hope that we have something coming up for, yes. this, for this year as well, but you never <laughs> keep know. It coming, yeah. Keep it
0: coming. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that this achievement of a, of a sales champion, you achieved when you were a field account manager. So what did you do differently in the field that you didn't do in your VSAM role that helped you achieve this success?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think it was very complimentary, right? Because I learned a lot from being a VSM. Being a VSAM is really about how can you be scalable? Mm-hmm. Because as a virtual sales account manager, you have around 100, 130 customers, which is a lot. So prioritization is really important. Mm-hmm. You really need to find out with your team, you know what to focus on. What are the opportunities that yeah you will reach your target with? And that is a very important skill that I continue to learn over the two years as a virtual sales account manager that I still implement with being a field account manager. Because now I have 32 customers, which I'm responsible for. But I noticed that with the prioritization that I learned as a virtual sales account manager, I'm still implementing that in my work as a field account manager.
0: I see. So even if your role changed and your day-to-day looked different... The, the premise was still the same of enforcing that prioritization and that skill that you learned. Perhaps could you tell us more on how you prioritize and what you've learned in that journey? Yes, yes, of course. So I think it's actually also
1: funny to tell you more about a book that I've been reading two years ago. It was actually a tip that I got from a colleague and he was very enthusiastic about this book. This book is called Grip from Rick Pastor. It's really about having grip on your week uh, having grip on your year and having grip on your life. That's really helped me also in prioritizing the work that I do at Cisco. So the first b- having grip on your week is very concrete. So they're having a lot of practical tips that you can implement, for example, your agenda, setting meetings, how to define when a meeting should be virtual or physical. And it's also really about having grip on your year. And that's a bit more strategic, right? So you can define personal goals but you can also set business goals. So that's that's really cool, I think.
0: That's great. Yeah. yeah. And and I mean you read this book from a suggestion of a colleague. Yeah. And you've passed the suggestion on to me. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> when we spoke together last time, you suggested this book and I'm reading it and it's great so far. And from you having implemented the tips, how do you get a better grip on the hours in your work week and in your life in general?
1: Yeah, so what I used to do is that I always reflect on the week that I had and I always make a planning for the week that will come. And that really helps me in terms of prioritizing on the things that I plan to do to see you know what is on checklist yes. to, to check and, and what's still open. And also for the next week to define what is the most important things I need to do. And the cool thing is that within Cisco, we also have a tool that's really helping us with that. It's mm-hmm. TeamSpace. So you can check in every week as an employee, and then you fill in your priorities, your goals for that week. And it's also visible for your manager and for the rest of your team. So you can really make it open. And it's also something that I got from the book, you know, not only by making goals for the week, but also making time for it in your agenda. Mm -hmm. I think that really helped me in prioritizing on the week itself. I could also check myself, you know, did I really do it or not? Because, of course, you can put a placeholder in your agenda, but you that's, still
0: need to follow it up. That's very true. And from what I've read in the book, it's it's really the idea of working smarter instead of harder. and Exactly. Avoiding playing catch-up with your emails, with your meetings and your tasks. And instead, proactively owning your calendar, your agenda and your work. So, do you think this new method of working has improved your productivity and helped you work towards your successes?
1: Definitely, it's really also within Cisco about creating a healthy work-life balance. And I think with COVID, that was even harder because we were working from home. So it was quite a challenge to define for yourself, okay, now I'm closing off my laptop, but still in the same room, I'm continuing my personal life. So that was quite hard, but actually with being strict also to myself and to the team, you know, these are the priorities that we need to finish. And we really start the day with doing that. Eat the frog in the morning, they say. Yeah, It's really what I also try to do, also with the team. And therefore, we were very able to see and you know, if we finish that task for the day, we can focus on other things. And I also use it sort of as a reward for myself. For example, in the morning, I have a few things that I need to finish because I really like to sport in the morning. And I think that's a cool thing within Cisco. You can really own your own agenda and for me if I finish those tasks I can allow myself to sport for one hour and then I can continue to work again and that for me works amazing because I have the priorities in my head way better before it was a bit messy you know there were so many things that I could think of it was all in my head yeah, but not on my agenda and that was a pitfall for me
0: and it ends up eating you instead of you yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, dominating your day per se and it, I'm assuming it's a work in progress you don't start working, knowing how to prioritize. No. So yeah. just to turn the table around and ask about a failure, can you give us an example where you've experienced an epic fail?
1: Yes, I think it's a good question. And I think it's also good to turn the question around first to see what does it mean to be successful at Cisco and also within my role as a field account manager now. It actually comes down to reaching your target in the end, right? Yes. Also, all the other things, personal development, having fun, really important as well. But in the end, it's important that you also reach your target. And if you look at fields for an account manager, it's, it's not being able to, to sell. So I work in public sector. I'm responsible for the education market. And we do a lot of tenders. And for us, it's really crucial to win tenders if you want to do business. What do you mean by Tender. So a tender in the Netherlands is a request for proposal okay. and we had a few tenders that we've lost. So how can we learn from a fail and what as a team should we do to yeah, to be- to better cope with it? I think one and a half years ago, Cisco gave us the opportunity to really think outside of the box. And we came up with a tender desk initiative that really helped us as sales account managers, but also the system engineers... And a product sales specialist with the right uh, documents, with the right resources. And I think if you can turn the failures into opportunities, as what we did with losing tenders. And really try to see, you know, why are we losing tenders? How can we make it better? How can we provide the right resources for it? We turn it around a bit. So that was really cool in my opinion.
0: Indeed. And going back to the book, Grip. Yeah. Maybe it was this reflection and this moment that you took to think through how you were dealing with a project or how your tasks were going. Maybe it's that reflection that made you turn the situation around and see an opportunity from it and improve, right? So I think it's very valuable to see it from this perspective that you're saying, to find an opportunity even if there's an initial failure or an initial pitfall. So one of the seven habits that they've talked about is to sharpen the
1: saw. So you see a video of a person that is using a saw... That is not sharp and it takes him like five hours to cut the tree. But when you sharpen the saw, it's way more efficient. And I think that was also an eye opener for us and for the whole team. Not doing every tender yourself, but also getting help from
0: professionals that already have this knowledge. Definitely the point of leveraging the value that other people have and orchestrating the work and making everyone come together. So perhaps in this topic of teamwork, how do you apply all of this? Prioritization, the topic of grip in the book that we mentioned and everything. How do you apply it in a teamwork environment?
1: I think what I learned from grip is to really share the priorities that you have together and to define them also as a team. I think that's very important. So I really have close contact with all the people that I'm working with. We have three account managers within the education team, but we also have three system engineers, which is quite a lot. But I realized also after reading the book Grip, I should really look at it in a positive way. You know, I have three people to work with and to really see like there are so many different personalities. Mm. How can we work together in the best way? What is the... The project that we're doing with the customer and what is the best fit with the system engineer and also with the specialist that is working together with us on the project.
0: Yeah, actually, in the previous episode of this podcast, during Nick's conversation with Zaid, they talked about also AMSE relationship. They described this relationship as being the yin and the yang. And they mentioned that what makes the most successful sales team is when account managers and systems engineers work hand in hand and they understand each other's roles and responsibilities. So that's something very similar and it ties in really well with this conversation. So in your experience, even if the priorities in your team are different with systems engineers, with account managers, how do you make sure that you are all aligned towards a common goal?
1: That is a good question. I think for us as a team, the team meetings are very important. So, we have a team meeting uh, once uh, every month. Mm -hmm. And there we share all the topics that we have seen as a pair of account manager and system engineer. And we really try to share it with the whole team because then we can also learn from each other. So, I think that's one of the most important sort of rituals that we have as a team to really mm-hmm. share together.
0: So you share your goals with each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. So of course we have one target that we have to reach as a team, right? and we know that we are working towards that, but also sharing projects, uh, sharing important processes, things that we've worked on. That's really sort of a, a key holy thing that we do within the team. And we always have one-on-ones every week to discuss the the projects and also to see, you know, who's going to do what because over communicating is, is still very important. And the hybrid work is really working for us because you can divide your work also in terms of working from home and doing things that I can do more easily from home. And also coming to the office, I come to the office two or three times a week. And then I have other tasks, for example, that I will do in the office, uh, because here the environment is different, of course, that working from home.
0: Definitely. It's finding your way of working, what tasks you do better when you're alone at home, what tasks you do better perhaps in an office environment. Yeah. So it's great tips and great stories to hear. Thank you for that. And you also mentioned that you share your goals. And what I also find interesting about that is it's not only it makes sure that you're aligned towards a common direction, I also feel like, in my experience, it also gives an incentive to you individually to work towards them, right? Because you have to give this weekly update. So I don't know if you feel that as well.
1: Yeah. And I think also because I'm working with three system engineers, it's really important to understand what is driving a person. And that's different for every person, of course. Of course. So I was already interested in psychology, but I got more interested in psychology because working in sales and working with so many different types of people that I also started to read books around that topic. I think it's very important to understand with what kind of person you are working with and also to share with them, you know, what do you like yeah. in work? And so I think it's really important. And also, yeah, we found a very nice way of working, I think, within the team with all these kind of different profiles within the team.
0: Definitely, it's like embracing every person's individuality and yeah yeah their differences and yeah we talked earlier about active listening and i think it's also here a matter of active understanding right because it's this getting into getting to know your colleagues from a more deep perspective i really like that and I've always been interested in psychology as well. And I'm increasingly developing my interest as well. Make nice. sure to ask for some book recommendations from you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: but also not not only books, right? There, there's so many things that you can do. And I, I strongly recommend also people listening to it. Find your passion. Yeah. Find what's driving you. And for me, it's not only psychology. There are many things that, that I like to do. Yeah, something that you can invest on for yourself.
0: You also have, um, from what I understand, a lot of extracurricular activities you're developing a lot of your passions yeah. outside of your day-to-day job yeah could you tell us a bit more about that and a few examples perhaps
1: yes of course so I was always like that you know I really like to do things outside of the bubble you know trying new things exploring new things but also finding the passion also within work and for me what I'm doing outside of my job right now is the girls in IT. I do that now for the fourth or fifth time in a row. And it's actually an event that we organize for girls in the age between 11 and 15 years old. So girls from high school. And we really try to inform and emphasize them about the opportunities that we have in IT. So this year, so the next event is the 30th of March. Coming up soon. Yeah, coming up soon. We have around 70 girls from a school that we are working with, but also colleagues. They can sign up daughters, Mm. nieces, etc. So it's sort of a combination in terms of the girls that are attending. So both from a school, but also from Cisco colleagues to really show, you know, how is Cisco and what are the opportunities for girls.
0: That's great. I mean, it sounds like a great opportunity. And... What have you learned so far maybe from the events that you've hosted? I
1: think for me the most important thing is that girls are not aware at all about opportunities (laughs) in IT companies. And that's really cool because after a day like that, you can really see that they're so surprised and also energized and really enthusiastic about all the things that we have told them. And yeah, I think informing the girls about opportunities, which are endless, in my opinion. We have so many roles within Cisco that yeah, you can work on also as a girl or a woman. So I think that's really cool. And that's really surprised me that there's still so much unawareness, mm-hmm. I would say, about opportunities.
0: Yeah, for sure. And at the beginning of this episode, you mentioned that success for you means adding value. And I feel like this is a prime example of how you do that yep. and how you develop your passion uh, by helping others and by helping, in this case, girls become successful in the field of IT or anywhere they want to end up, but bringing this awareness that perhaps they do not have. So I think that's really great. And I'm curious to see how the event in in March goes. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier that helps you outside of your job is also sport. Yeah. And here I wanted to mention that AS, for example, this yeah. is a for, for those that do not know. Alp d'Huez is a fundraising event for cancer research and it consists of climbing the Alp d'Huez mountain in France as many times as possible in one day. And uh, this is something that actually we happen to be participating together. So yes. we'll be joining the We Are Cisco team yeah. in France yeah. uh, on the 1st of June. So are you looking forward to that as well?
1: Yes, very, <laughs> very much. I mean, the, the event already exists for some years and it always seems so cool to join. And really also, it's, it's also actually in line with one of the goals that I set to myself. Because when you work for Cisco for quite some times, you, you're getting quite comfortable with certain colleagues that you are working with together. Mm-hmm. It's also a unique way to fundraise together with colleagues and to get to know them. For sure. And also combining with a sportive activity, which I really love. So this year is very focused on walking and training
0: definitely and i mean it's it's a great opportunity that cisco gives i agree to all of its employees including csap to explore this avenue of like meeting people raising for a great cause and, and also connecting with sports and connecting with with other employees and the wider community so we've had a great conversation today first of all learning about your journey at cisco how you achieve personal success, uh, success in a team environment with all these prioritization tips and also in these extra activities that you mentioned, including the girls in IT, Al Duzes and psychology. So many things to, to think about. And before we wrap it up, is there anything else you would like to add? Perhaps a final tip for people or any comments?
1: I actually found this very Nice quote that I think it's nice to share it also with the people that are listening. And it's saying people tend to overestimate what they can do within a year. But people, people tend to underestimate what they can do in 10 years. <laughs> and I think that's what what I really would like to give away also to people, you know, really think about long term goals and try to work on it. It's really starting with the first step because otherwise you're not going to get there and yeah start thinking about what you want in in also 10 years of
0: course getting a grip on your immediate goals and also your long-term ones yeah that's great so thank you so much for for your time today Yvette it's been a great thank you for having me yeah (laughs) and it's been a pleasure to talk with you and hope to see you very soon again here (laughs) thank you